open them to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning is uh, Vision Sunday, and it's that Sunday where we kind of take a little bit of time uh, to have a look at what we did last year. I don't know if anyone thought we did anything last year, but we did a few things. Um, and also have a look at what we're going to be focusing on in 2019. And over the last couple of years, the elders have uh, gone away and gone into a time of retreat uh, where we've just spent a good couple of days praying, seeking God uh, for what He wants to do in Shaw Elam Church. And we, in that same uh, retreat time, we plan what that will look like on a practical level for Shaw Elam Church as we continue to sow into uh, all of our church members uh, through discipleship and through our Sunday morning services as we continue to sow into our church ministries uh, through investment into leaders and resources and as we continue to sow into local and uh, global mission and community through uh, missions and outreach. And the hope uh, is always as we kind of set visions and set goals is to uh, become the strongest possible vessels we can be for God, to become the strongest possible vessels that God can use uh, for His kingdom, so that we're having the greatest impact that we possibly can for God's kingdom. And so I'll be sharing uh, later on what our vision for 2019 uh, looks like, and, um, and then you'll see where we're kind of heading with that. But I wanted to take a few minutes just to share briefly this morning about new things, because often when you have a vision, it's got wrapped up inside the vision, new things to do, new decisions to make, and new directions to kind of take. Anyone understand what that's like now when you kind of set yourself a vision or a goal for anything? And whenever you have a vision from God for your life, whenever you kind of have this vision from God for your professional life, your ministry life, for your future and uh, especially for your spiritual life, uh, you know, I, I can almost guarantee that there is going to be a battle for that vision. If it's God who set a vision, there's going to be a fight for it. And so we kind of have these, these goals that we kind of set uh, that are aligned with the will of God, that are aligned with uh, God's teaching and God's principles. And so uh, we have these battles, and in these battles, you're gonna, you, you kind of have a whole lot of voices that are talking to you. And, and you, we all know that God's the voice we want to be listening to and hearing. But you kind of have the voice of others that are kind of always talking. Uh, on top of that, you have the voice of the devil or the, our adversary or our, our enemy that the Bible tells us is out to do nothing but to kill, to steal, and destroy your purpose. And then we have another voice that I want to speak into uh, this morning. Can anyone guess whose voice that is? Then you have your own voice. It's one of the voices that we hear when we have this vision. It's one of the voices we hear when we've got goals, when we're out to, to pursue what we believe God is calling us to pursue. And it's a voice that reminds us of our hurtful and our painful experiences. And for some reason, it always seems to highlight those things more than it highlights the good things. 
And it's a voice that reminds us of how fearful and how insecure we are. It reminds us of our past failures. And because it's our own voice, it's a voice we trust. And it speaks things into our lives that cause us to stay on safe ground and cause us to build walls around us that keep us from getting what God has placed in front of us. And so I want to share with you this morning some thoughts from a group of people in the Bible who had a lot of things in their history to remember, who went through a whole lot of stuff, uh, even as uh, this morning's passage was speaking to them, and who had a real battle for their future, for God's vision in their life. And so in the book of Isaiah, we hear from one of the greatest prophets in Jewish history, And we see uh, the Lord is telling Isaiah what to say to the people. And he's telling Isaiah to warn the people of a judgment that is going to come if they don't, if they fail to repent and come back to God. A judgment that will come if they don't turn around and return to their creator. And we also see God giving Isaiah uh, visions for the future of the people of Israel. And so from chapters 40 onwards, Isaiah is starting to predict uh, this better future. He's starting to predict a vision of a better, uh, a new thing for the people of Israel. And part of the, part of the predictions that we see in Isaiah, which uh, we're going to focus on when, when we come to communion this morning, is uh, the prophecy of the coming of Jesus, the prophecy of the Messiah. And so we read in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, God saying uh, to the people, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so this passage is predicting a new thing that God has for Israel and for the people of Israel. And at a time where much of Israel was in exile, which simply means that much of the the Jewish and Israeli people were barred and banned from going to their own land. And so things aren't looking too good for them. And through Isaiah... God is calling them into a new thing. And if you're taking notes this morning, your first point from these passages is to leave the past in the past. Leave the past in the past. You know, if your future is governed by your past hurts, your past pains, your past experiences, your life then serves to maintain the status quo. If your past is telling you how to live, if your past is sheltering you from stepping out in faith, then living in your past is serving to maintain the status quo. If you can't let go of the things in your past, then I believe you'll struggle to grab a hold of the new things that God has got for you. 
You know, we've had the picture often of a kid on monkey bars. They go from one bar to the next. And you know, when Amy was, was little, she wasn't very good at monkey bars. She could go two, and then she would stay there. And it's like, Amy, let go and grab the next one. But she couldn't. Yet everyone watching knows that in order to move forward on the monkey bars, you need to let go of the previous one, swing forward and grab a hold of the next one. And then let go of that one, swing forward and grab a hold of the next one. And holding on to your past is a little bit like being stuck here and going, I'm too scared to let go of that just yet. You're not going to be able to grab a hold of what God has got for your future if you're wrapped up holding on to the past that you've gone through. God says to the people of Israel, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. You know, have you ever had one of those rough seasons where, uh, you know, money's a little bit tight? Maybe it's just us who've had that rough season, but, you know, money's a little bit tight, and uh, you kind of think back and remember uh, that time when you had a little bit of, you know, extra cash to kind of throw around, or you had a little bit extra to to, to do and enjoy uh, the things that you like with. Or maybe there's that time at work uh, where, where things are going a little bit rough, where things aren't quite going uh, as well as they used to. You know, I, I would often sit at Westcon uh, these days and, and uh, kind of think, man, I, I remember the days when I was there full time and I got to travel. And I, I enjoy traveling. Um, you know, like I've mentioned before, I'm one of those people who uh, probably from today on I'll be watching, because we fly out to Rarotonga on Wednesday morning, uh, in case you don't know, three more sleeps. But I'm one of those people who from about today I'll start watching uh, things like airplane crash disasters and uh, crosswind landings, and, and Debbie will just lie there going, don't, don't, don't you show the girls, she says. So I, I loved flying. So I kind of sit at work sometimes and I go, man, I, I remember those days. You know, things seemed easier, things seemed better. And in the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, it kind of lays out a pretty, uh, it lays out a pretty bleak and it lays out a pretty uh, dark and, and hopeless uh, season of, of the life of the people of Israel. And so I kind of wonder if they sat there and they kind of think, man, you remember the story of how God delivered us out of Egypt? Do you remember the promised land that God gave us that they've been exiled from? Do you remember how God provided for us, how God protected us? And then here God is commanding the people to forget their past. Forget the way things were. And I think that God does that for two reasons. The first 
Because all the things that that had happened in their past was far significant to what God was about to do in building his kingdom through Jesus. God knew that there was something better for them. God knew their vision for what was to come. And you know, I think that that's a word for someone here this morning. No, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what life's been like, God has got something better for your future. Amen? So I think one of the reasons he tells them to forget the past is because it paled in significance to what God had in line for their future. And then secondly, I think he told them to forget the past because he didn't want them to miss out on what he was about to do now. It scares me to think about the times where I've been so distracted by stuff. It scares me to think what I might have missed, what God might have been doing that I missed. Because I was too busy remembering the way things could have been. I was too distracted, hoping for what things might be like. It says in verse 19, see I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, the new thing that's been spoken about here in Isaiah is that uh, the people of Israel who are in exile, the exile, the people who have been barred from their land, the, the new thing that God was about to do for them there and then was return them to their promised land. The new thing he was going to do was going to be to bring them back to, Egypt, uh, to Jerusalem and to restore the people of Israel. And we read about that further along in, in a couple of chapters, in chapter 45. And when our past is governing our future, we not only filter the vision of what God has for us through the wrong lens, but we also miss what God is doing for us now. And I don't know about you, but I hope that I never miss what God's doing. Secondly, this morning, so leave the past in the past, and secondly, this morning, be transformed. A new way requires new thinking. You know, when I became a Christian, I had to change uh, the way that I thought about some things. Anyone else had to change the way they thought about some things? Anyone else have to kill some habits? I had to kill some habits. I had to kill some ideologies uh, that just didn't line up with God's principles. That just didn't line up with uh, the Christian faith because they were holding me back from what God had for me. They were holding me back from God's best for my life at that time.
And then I got the call to ministry. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And I really had to deal with some personal stuff. Insecurity. Inadequacy. My personality. You know, the worst thing you could do to an introverted overthinker is to get them to preach. One, we don't like being up here to start with. Two, it takes us forever to think about anything uh, that, that comes out in five minutes, let alone 25 minutes on a Sunday morning. And so when we first started out uh, here at Shore Elam Church as the, as the lead pastors three years ago, uh, I would be up most Saturday evenings into Sunday morning till about 3.30, 4 o'clock before I went to bed, preparing messages, because as a deep thinker, I just didn't get the time to process all the thinking that I needed to in time to be ready for Sunday. I've got a lot better, by the way. But there have been many seasons in ministry life where I've had to just get over myself have you ever told yourself to get over yourself? Many, many seasons I've just had to get over myself. Get over who I'd become because of my past and allow God to do a transforming work in me. The cool thing about God is He's the one who makes all things new. He's the one who molds us into who he's created us to be. And when we allow him to do it, he does it perfectly. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become New. And you know, if, he, if you're here this morning and maybe you're not sure if you're in Christ or new in Christ or you know that you haven't decided to follow Jesus, then I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that uh, decision this morning uh, later on in the service. You know, in the last part of that verse that we've had this morning, the Lord says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, this part of the passage is referring to how God made a way for the exiles to return to Jerusalem. And it's said about that journey that it was a smooth journey. Commentators note about the journey back to Jerusalem uh, of the exiles that even when they went through barren and unfruitful land, through regions that had no food, no water for them, God would refresh his people. You know, I believe that if in every new season we can leave our past behind us, if we can leave our regrets, Leave the hurt and the pain. 
even at times our past successes that we love to just gloat on every now and then. If we're able to bring those before God and look at the future with fresh eyes, allowing God to transform us, to transform our thinking, to transform our ideas, transform it into a view for the new season, to the new vision, and into the new goals. That if we do that with the aim to achieve His glory, then through every wilderness, through every wasteland, I believe that He will make a way to refresh us. God has a plan and a vision for your life. It's a vision that will fulfill you, that will energize you. And that is, it's a vision that will continue to grow as you grow into it. And so before we come to our vision for 2019, I just want to pray for everyone this morning. And before I do that, I want you to pray and ask God to reveal to you His vision and His plan for your life. So let's just take a minute and just pray now. in this room this morning. Father, we ask that you would reveal your vision to us. Father, it's never too late to receive your plans for our life. It's never too late to receive from you. It's never too late to make a course correction. So, Lord, we open our hearts and ask you to speak. Father, we pray that you would illuminate to us things from our past, attitudes, Father God, uh, hurts and pains that might be standing in our way. Lord, that might be creating a barrier of where you're calling us to. And Father, I pray that you'll, by your Holy Spirit, bring transformation. Renew our minds. Father, we pray. In 
Jesus' mighty name.